podcast of Tibetan Kung Fu, episode 18, where I practice Kung Fu to be a better person first and a better martial artist second. I'm your host, Sifu T.W. Smith. we got a lot on the Kung Fu radar today. I normally try to keep these around 10 to 15 minutes, but I'm not going to rush like we always say when we're doing our Tai Chi. Take your time. So that's what I'm going to try to do. We have an update central, several little things to pull up pumpkin carving update then we're going to wrestle with push life force number three desire i want to say thank you to mr larry skelson jennifer allison many of the others over there at facebook because we had a great time at the fundamentals of push hands workshop that we had this saturday i get pretty pumped up blood starts flowing a little bit but it was awesome i got to push hands with just about everybody in the class felt like that when everyone came in as compared to when they leave there were some good changes Popped up a little video or two of some of the things there over on Vine, which we had our first like on. And then we also had some stuff on Facebook, and that generated some interest as well. Thank you also to Mr. Sensei Ando, who followed us over on Twitter and connecting with us there. And if you're interested in following the Vine channel, that's TibetanKungFu.net forward slash Vine, and it'll take you right over to the channel. The sex drive, life force number one that we had, that syllabus is coming together. I'm looking forward to putting that out, getting some feedback, and then rolling the sex drive Qigong class out. Our Rilling Silk Tai Chi Qigong book is being red inked by the house editing ninja, and she is going through it with a fine-tooth comb. I can be rest assured that it will be grammatically correct when it is all done. I want to say thank you to Bruce for coming in from Charlotte this past weekend and giving us a big update on everything that's happening over there at the VA in Charlotte and the update that there are some interest and requests for us to implement the same program in a couple other facilities both in and out of the state. I'm really excited about putting that program out there a little bit further along too. The Kung Fu Boot Camp Fitness Program, eight weeks long, is going to start again. I believe that's going to be in the next couple of weeks. That's on a Saturday morning. And if you're interested, you can go to TibetanKungFu.net forward slash Kung Fu Boot Camp. One word, Kung Fu Boot Camp, and it'll give you the dates and all that kind of good stuff there. Probably the biggest thing on my list here is that the pumpkin carving. It looks like it's going to be Saturday, October the 25th. We usually shoot for the first Saturday before Halloween. And when I looked at the schedule, October the 25th looked like the right time. At 6 p.m. is when we usually start somewhere in that area come a little early for the potluck and you know mingle a little bit and then stick around for a little bit to help us clean up we keep it fairly informal but there's plenty of stuff there uh, for everybody to do and to have some fun and those of you who've been coming to the workshops and things like that you're all invited as well you know I, I want to make sure that I extend that out if you come here and you support this queen you're invited it's that simple because of the responses I've gotten here with the push life forces I went ahead acquired the property of pushforces.com and I'm going to put that together into a website and it's going to pretty much just take these same sort of three episodes but spread them out into a lot greater detail because when I'm covering the podcast as I've said before I'm trying to keep this within a time frame also that it's fairly focused so when I roll that out it's going to have a whole lot more information a lot more detail and it will include other life forces with this one, I want to make sure that we hit these big three. Now, when it comes to life forces and what I'm doing here, we've had sex drive, belonging, and today, desire. These are the three that I found to be the most important. What's important is that you don't necessarily accept what I'm providing here 
as a doctrine of any kind, but thought for you to find your own through your meditation, through your, through your practice of Kung Fu and life, look at your experiences, develop your understandings of yourself. Now, when it comes to the desire, it is said in several traditions that desire is one of the first things you breathe in that when you take in the air of this world, it goes along with a couple of the other life forces. I will say this when it comes to desire. If you're trying to get rid of it, good luck with that. I wrote down about five or six questions here. First, desire. What is it? Number two, more often than not, it's brought up in a context as if it's a bad thing or something to be gotten rid of, to free yourself from. Why is it important? What if you don't get a rein around it, collar and leash? What if you're lacking it? Occasionally we have folks who are just lacking desire. What do you do with that? The biggest dilemma with desire is that it has a very subtle transition that becomes not so subtle when you're in it. It's when desire becomes obsession. For example, we have folks from time to time who get obsessed with perfection. Anything short of perfection is a failure. Now, obsession to achieve a destination that actually doesn't exist, that's going to be a tough road to hoe all the way around. One thing about a life force like desire, and it's not optional, either you train it or it rules you. So how can you tell what is desire as compared to obsession? I went the simple way that I usually do is first I went to the English dictionary and looked at obsession synonyms. Synonyms for obsession are things like passionate, preoccupation, addiction, crazed, like some football fans, you know. Now the synonyms for desire are a little more mild. It's more of a wish, a want, an aspiration, an inclination. When we look at desire, what about a philosophical or scholastic point of view. In the Tao Te Ching, it is usually translated into English, and sometimes if you don't dig a little deeper, you can accept what others will tell you at face value, but it's always from their perspective. doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's their perspective. But if you dig a little deeper, you might find a little bit different way of looking at it. When the Tao Te Ching is translated, it is often translated, the word you is translated into desire, as if it's a bad thing. Now, in the artwork of this episode, there's a monk sitting there. He asked the other monk, what do you do when you have freed yourself of all the desire except the desire to be free from desire? As if being free from desire, one, is optional, and then two, as if it's a bad thing to have desire. Even the desire to be a monk is a desire. The Chinese word for desire and there are several, but the one that I'm most familiar with is called Xinyon. Translates basically as a dream, a wish, a cherished desire, and aspiration. It's very similar to our synonym of desire. It's made up of two primary characters. The first is Xin, which means heart, mind, and soul. Yon, which means sincere and honest. But when you look at the original Chinese text that's translated, it will use what they say is the character Yu, and that character it represents passion, lust, and greed, which is very similar to the synonyms of our English word of obsession. Buddhists refer to it as an attachment, something that you can't let go of. So clearly there's a sweet spot and a gray area, and then there's a clearly overboard. We go from being desiring something 
too obsessed by it. By slowing ourselves down, slowing down the mind, emphasize both being mentally and physically quiet and steady, it's that kind of training that helps you differentiate between being caught up and where you really currently are. And being able to understand the difference between obsession and desire, I really have no idea how that would be a problem. Yeah, right. My younger brother, Rock, has often commented that there's never been anything in my life that I haven't set out to do that I haven't done pretty well in. I have the ability to set an intention and stay on it, sometimes bordering on the edge of obsessing that it must be done. Particularly learning things like puzzle-type problems have always got my attention. Where I know that there's a solution narrows my mind sometimes to a point of obsession. The students here here can tell. And I have to get up and go walk around. I'll go in there and do some Tai Chi. And it's very much like me preparing the document and the outline for this very podcast. I'm doing this at 3.30 in the morning because my mind is thinking, hmm, I need to get that done. Now, my meditation in Bakwa and Tai Chi has often helped me put that back into balance and helps me get back into a productive sweet spot between being obsessed and desired. But how do you know where the sweet spot is? And my answer to that has often been by what it is not. If you're guiding your desires, you're in a good place. If your obsession's guiding you, mm, it's going to be rough. An accident waiting to happen. But over the years, I have a list of questions here that you can ask yourself that will give you a moment of pause. And if you slow down enough and actually give yourself a good, sincere answer, you'll have a real good idea where you're sitting. When you get ready to achieve something or work on something or attain something, Can you walk away when you're absolutely sure it's not going to work? Can you walk away when you're done? Are you prepared to accept it as it is, as it turns out to be? Do you sacrifice common sense to acquire it? And by that, if you've ever been obsessed by something or seen others who were, they got well beyond the common sense threshold. Can you schedule something in responsibly? That one gets me every time. The next one is by far you know you're in the deep end. Do you neglect what your inherent responsibilities are to gain it? Now, I can tell you personally, I've seen men sacrifice their families to attain a job position. There are people who have traded things in order to get other things that didn't make sense. Do you sacrifice your role as a parent, as an employee, as a friend in order to attain this new set goal? So take those few questions there And if you're one of the folks who sometimes gets like I do and you really have to make sure that you back off the gas every now and then, those questions have always helped me. But what if you're one of the folks who sometimes lack in desire? Here are some of the things that I've found that have helped folks, if they slow down enough, that they can get some guidance in themselves, not from the outside, but from in your own heart. Ask yourself and look at your life and find things that you are passionate or energetic about. Perhaps there's a link between the type of tasks that you pick or the type of environment that you are most productive in. What were the things in those instances that really motivated you to work on it? I'm not talking about being successful. I'm talking about being motivated and energetic about your tasks. So when you're lacking in desire, one of the things to find out is that you've had it. You just got to find out where it was. Find the seeds and hobbies and projects that get you moving. I know a couple people who are very passionate about finishing something. They like to start a project that has an endpoint, like landscaping or building a wall, things like that. It has a distinct done on it. Now, on a loan project, 
you may have to take that big project and break it into 100 little duns rather than looking at this big mountain going, I can't do it. Desire has a very good way of teaching you what you are most interested in. And then you have to develop yourself into becoming interested in some of the things that just need to be done. So dig into yourself. Slow down enough so you can get a real answer and find your way. All right, so on push life force number three, desire, let's review. First and most important, desire is not a bad thing. I encourage you not to be free of desire. Find your sweet spot between being in desire and being obsessed. If you're lacking in desire, find the things that you're passionate about. And then find those in every task that you begin to work on. If you look, you can usually find it. Use Tai Chi, meditation, particularly things like the mindful awareness work, to balance you out and to find your way. And then we had the litmus check of questions to help you find if you're sitting in the sweet spot or not. I hope you have enjoyed the three-part series of Push Life Forces. Number one, sex, drive, and libido. Number two, belongings and wanting of intimacy. Number three, desire. Bordering on the edges of obsession and because of the feedback I am going to put together that pushforces.com where I plan to dedicate a lot more content. The PDF for this particular episode will be up in the next couple of days. And if you're interested in me letting you know as soon as it's up, sign up for the newsletter, tibetankungfu.net forward slash newsletter. And as soon as it's up, I'll shoot out a little email and let you know. If not, you can go over to the White Bamboo store and just check in the download section under Tibetan Kung Fu. As a reminder, you can use TKF10 at the Bamboo store on anything that you purchase and get 10% off. And that's only available through the podcast, folks. And I do appreciate you looking at the website and the feedback that we've gotten that you are liking the way it's laying out. It's taken me a little bit to get used to, but I like it. And thank you for joining us on Life Force Number 3, Episode 18. Use your Kung Fu practice today to be a better person first and a better martial artist second. This is Sifu T.W. Smith, and thank you very much for your interest and have a fantastic practice today.